When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Shot Caller Podcast with Casey Diaz and Joel Needler. You can find us online at uh, Casey Diaz Author on Facebook, uh, The Shot Caller Book on Instagram, and on Twitter at The Shot Caller BK. That's at The Shot Caller BK. You can also find us at CaseyDiaz.net and send an email to info at CaseyDiaz.net. That's info at CaseyDiaz.net. Okay, welcome back to the Shot Caller Podcast with your star and host, Casey Diaz. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Casey Diaz. Woo! That is not how we start. He is hilarious. He's got jokes. We never do that. That is horrible. All right. He's got jokes. How you doing, Casey? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. yeah. All things considered, doing well. Yeah. Hmm. White boy Roy. Yeah. And I mean, the okay. Well. You know, you're used to lock up, you know, so, you know. So this yeah. is like a case. Yeah, guys like you and me, man, we're used to, used to lock up. Yeah. We're, uh, no, we are. We're, we stay home. We go for a walk maybe once a day, play a little basketball in the driveway. That's nice. about it. How about you? <laughs> um, I come here, <laughs> hang <Woo>! out with you. <laughs> we interview police officers and all kinds of other people, and then um, yeah, yeah. then I take my dogs for a walk. <laughs> but but you know, just normal stuff. We try to have dinner as much as we can. Okay. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen because uh, you know, and it's funny because you would think that. You, you would, we're running out of creative things to do around the house, man. That, that's the reality. We're running out of creative things to do around the house. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a happy Played, uh, played enough Monopoly, you know? No, uh, you know, they don't want to see me, Joe. They don't want to see me on the Monopoly. You know, okay. just, <laughs> just putting, it out, putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, see, we've got a great show today. Do you know why? Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> because it's our offspring. We brought our offspring our into offspring. the show today. That's why. Yes. The, look, the right, good looking yeah. side of us. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that's true, you know, considering how far we've come. But uh, excited today to have your kids on the show uh, and one of my kids on the show today. So um, thank you to Sam and Mia and Jacob. I see you too. And Riley. Everybody say hello. hello. What's up, Riley? And Riley's like really far away from us. Like Hi, guys. really far away from yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you share where she's yeah. at? I mean, this is, this is huge. Yeah, so... Riley works with the missions organization and they decided to go to South Africa. She is coming to us live from a town whose name I will mispronounce, but I believe it's Pachis Frustrum. Yes? No? <laughs> that sounds like a sandwich. What's it uh, called? <laughs> I know. I... Hi, Riley. Hi. <laughs> I'm coming from Pachis Okay, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> and then we've got Casey. Why don't you introduce your daughters? So we got Sam in the in the center there, and uh, Mia to her right, and then Jacob, uh, my uh, my my last born. You know, little writer. One and only son. My one and only son. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
But right it's, good to, it's good to have uh, on, you and I were talking. It, it is. You and I were talking. We thought it'd be good to have, especially the girls on, uh, let them talk a little bit about what they're doing with their lives, what their generation is facing, the decisions they've made, and you know why they've uh, chosen the paths that they have. Um, so, why don't we start on your side of the fence, Casey? Let's let's talk to uh, to Sam and Mia and see what's going on. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, here we got Sam and Mia, and uh, and uh, I, I think you know for them it's it's something that they they've you know they grew up in a just a different generation, and and uh, you know watching just like you watching your, your your kids grow up in a Christian household. Yeah, one of the reasons why we wanted them here also is because you know obviously they're they're seeing Christianity from a different uh, scope, um, and uh, our job was to do. The best that we could, and uh, with what we had, and uh, the, the blessing that we really get to enjoy is that they're all in the Lord, which is really um, the, yeah. that's a success story in in itself. You know, yeah. yeah. When us as parents are are Christians, and then our kids uh, follow in the same footsteps, there's no better uh, better thing to to have in our lives than than, than that. Really, yeah. I mean you can have success all over the place, but we want to hear what, you know, how did you grow up? Like from, and then I want you guys to be like honest, like, you know, dad leaves the socks on the floor. I'm cool with that. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, we just want to hear your side growing up. Um, uh, um, all, all of you guys, all four of you guys. Um, how was it to, to grow up uh, in a Christian household? Yeah, it was, it was definitely very interesting. Um, I remember just growing up, like, my friends and I had, like, totally different lives, and it was just very different to say, like, oh, yeah, like, oh, what does your dad do for, for his job? And I'm like, oh, he's a, he's a pastor. It's, yeah, like, that's, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's cool, normal, for sure. But um, it was very, I think, us just kind of, like, having our own experiences, too, we kind of got to figure out life on our own as well. Like, um, I think that you guys kind of gave us enough space to where it was just like, we could still experience life and experience God, like on our own terms. And, um, but just having like that, um, pathway kind of you guys guiding us into like what way maybe we should go rather than like a different way, you know, um, like having that guidance was definitely like a big impact on our lives and, we kind of all took that seriously. Um, I mean, I like sometimes like, yeah, we'd go and do things that weren't like necessarily the right thing or um, we just have, we do stupid things sometimes. But um, other than that, like, I think that we kind of knew our roots and we kind of knew just um, what way would be better. Like what way, what would God want us to do? And um, yeah. I have a quick question, Sam, which I think I want to ask of all three of you. Uh, when you were in, say, like a junior, senior in high school, and the world was approaching and you knew you were going to graduate, what were some of the options you were considering? I mean, I know where you are now, but what, like some of your friends maybe picked military or different colleges or work or what What was on your mind? Yeah, um, I. it was kind of weird for me because uh, my parents didn't go to college, so um, and then the school that I went to was like almost a college preparatory school. So that college was definitely the one thing that all my friends were wanting to do. Um, a lot of them went to different Ivy Leagues and I kind of felt a little left out because that wasn't really highlighted to me growing up. Um, yeah. College wasn't really talked about in the home. And so it was very interesting to see my friends going to college. For me, I kind of just went with the flow and I was just like, okay, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go to college. Um, it doesn't really matter what kind of, you know, if it's an Ivy league or not. Um, but I think my first option was like, okay, well, okay. These people are going to school for, to be a scientist. This person's going to school to be a doctor, a nurse. Um, and I was yeah. like, well, maybe I'll be a teacher. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I like went into college with a major in liberal studies to be an elementary school teacher. And, um, you know, I loved it. I really, I loved all my classes. I loved what I was learning. 
Um, but I think just as it kind of went on, God's plan kind of unfolded for me along the way. And I just felt a call to go into Christian ministries. So kind of seeing where my friends were kind of going with their um, careers was definitely different from where I was going with my career. And it was kind of uncertain to me. It was really unknown to just kind of go into that when all of my other friends had this path that was very sure and very known. Okay, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna get paid well. I'm going to um, have a secure job, you know, and I'm kind of going in here like, oh, yeah, well, you know, hopefully God works it out for me. Hopefully <laughs> this plan works. We'll see, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Mia, how about you? What were, what were your thoughts uh, when you were a junior and senior in high school? So um, my junior year of high school, I was like contemplating between criminal justice because I really loved like the whole like justice system and all that. And me and my dad would always watch like crime shows like late at night and like all that. And so it was really like fascinating for me. But um, uh, going into my senior year, I went to a summer camp and there I kind of heard like God's voice telling me, oh, I, I'm calling you to ministry and specifically worship. And so um, from that, my senior year, like applying to colleges, I would apply as a worship arts major, um, which was very difficult for many reasons, because one, I had to go to a Christian college. So, and a lot of my friends went to public, like, um, universities or like non-Christian universities and when I would tell my friends oh I want to major in worship arts they had quite the reaction <laughs> because one it's music so um <laughs> ah. <laughs> and two it's ministry and a lot of them don't really see the behind the scenes of um the whole like background and how churches are actually put together and like mm -hmm you know, the behind the scenes as we have seen. So um, it's very, it's a big risk, but I think at this point, it's just like trusting in God that I know that he has a plan for me and I know that he'll like direct my path and wherever I end up, like as long as I cling to him, I'll like be okay. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Okay, Riley, your turn all the way from South Africa. Talk about... Yeah. <laughs> Your junior senior year of high school, and I, I already know some of the answer, but yeah. So um, two different years in a row, me and you went to uh, California to go kind of look at colleges. You were on a business trip, so I tagged along with you. And my biggest dream at that moment was to go to college in California because I just wanted to be by the beach. I had barely seen the beach in my life, so that was my biggest thing. Um, and the first time I went, I was just honestly having fun. But the second time, junior year, when I went with you, um, that was the time where I was really asking the Lord to speak to me and tell me yes or no, straight up. Like, <laughs> just tell me yes or no. Um, so we visited three different colleges. And um, each time, whether it was 10 minutes in or whether it was the next day, the Lord spoke so clearly and said no to all of them. And I had confidence in what he said. And I remember telling you, being like, no, 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 like, no. Um, and I wasn't, it was weird because I wasn't that worried, but I also was like, what am I going to do if it's not college? Even though I didn't have a specific thing I wanted to study, I could probably study photography, film, communication, um, and then anything else if I really wanted to go for it. But I, um, yeah, I went back and I was um, in my room one day and I was spending time with Jesus and I just felt like he asked me, Riley, what is your dream? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? What's your dream? And I, what came out of my heart at that moment was just, Lord, I want to be a missionary photographer. And he was like, okay, then do it and do YWAM. And cause my uncle had done YWAM. And so that's how I knew about it. Um, and yeah, explain, I would explain that a little bit, slow down and explain what even the acronym YWAM yes. means and all that. <laughs> yeah. So YWAM stands for youth with a mission and, um, it's 
organization, missions organization that is worldwide, has bases all over the world, um, and their biggest focus is to know God and to make him known in all the earth. So they really focus on discipleship and making sure you know who you are in Christ so that you can go spread it to the world um, and share the gospel, know the word of God, all of it. Um, and I was really inspired by my uncle's stories growing up, just random things. <laughs> and um, I went downstairs and I talked to you and mommy about it. And we started to think about it and pray about it more. And um, yeah, that's how I went about my junior and senior year. So. Awesome. That's great. Um, so you guys, obviously, what, what sticks out to me and Casey both is that you guys went against the grain. I mean, you really did. All three of you have ended up pursuing Christianity in some form, whether it's in college or with a missions organization. I want to hear, you know, that it, did it seem to you like you were going against the grain? Did you feel, I mean, Sam, you touched a little bit on that, that all your friends were going to great colleges and you were going to go, you know, become a teacher. But uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the peer pressure that's out there and that exists in, in your generation. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, especially um, in junior and senior year, it's very hard to um, see your friends making different decisions than you are, um, especially because you're very easily, or I was very easily influenced um, in that stage of my life. So it's, it was hard making that decision and, and going into it was just weird kind of going into a, a different college that wasn't really looked at like, wow, that's a great, that's a great college. Wow. Ivy league. That's awesome. But, yeah. um, just, yeah, going against the grain, I definitely felt it. I definitely felt like, okay, this is not normal. This is definitely not what other people would want to be doing. <laughs> um, but I think that through it, I actually felt like a piece in me that was just very, like calming and that was a little that was very reassuring that what I was doing was was right and it was for God it was what God wanted me to do it was where he wanted me to go and so I didn't necessarily feel at like a I didn't necessarily feel like I was going like when I was going against the grain that it was bad that it was hard as as much as others would probably feel I'm not really sure but um I definitely yeah. God had gifted me with like his peace through the whole situation. Well, and just for the record, your father and I both see it as a, a sign of strength that you guys did what you did because the whole world, it would feel like would be against you. And, you know, you talk about Ivy league schools. I went to a school in the San Francisco Bay area high school that did the same thing. Like I had friends that went to Harvard and Yale and Berkeley and UCLA and all the rest. And, it was, it was really hard. But my problem was I didn't have good grades. And so I couldn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to go anyway. Uh, but I wanted, you know, I, I wanted what they had. And I went off to an acting school and, you know, it's hard to explain, you know, what I was doing, but I knew I was passionate about that at that time. Um, so, so I know how you feel when it, when it comes to that. Uh, so Mia, what about you? Did you feel any pushback or, from your friends or, I mean, obviously you talked about worship arts being strange, but um, how did you feel in the midst of your friends and what they were going to do? Um, it was definitely difficult just because, so we went to a private Christian school, but like, like any other school, like not everyone's going to be Christian. And it was really hard to find like people who actually supported you through that. And especially through like the school, going through different changes as like principles changed, like the teachers started, um, it wasn't a requirement for them to be Christian. And so like the support and backing up from them, like wasn't fully there. And so it was difficult to make the decision as like everyone was making like um, very like reliable life choices. Like, oh, I know I'm gonna make money in this or I'm gonna go in business or psychology. And so it was a very big leap for me but like Sam said, like, I was just given like, peace, like perfect peace. And so yeah. I have like, that knowing that like, he'll take care of me. Right. And you know, for, for, for us, it was, uh, you know, with, with Mia, um, 
me is very like uh, outgoing and and uh, so is Sam. Uh, when you have you know when you have them all three, you gotta like <laughs> even it out, right? <laughs> but there are, you know she's she's just very outgoing and and you know when she told us that she wanted to go to Southeastern in Florida, I went that's far. That's like really far. You know, <laughs> that's the other side of the map. And um, that's going to be, you know, interesting. Um, and, and that was a, uh, it's Christian college as well, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't know because uh, as you all know, I was, I attended Yale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so <laughs> these things are, you know, just, they're normal to me. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> I, uh, when she said that, I was, I, you know, as a dad, yeah, I knew Sam was Sam was already in in, in, in her first year at college, and uh, she was nearby. So uh, you know, we we were as um, well, as a dad. Let me answer as as a dad. I wasn't so concerned because she's just down the street. You know, she's less than an hour away. Uh, but then to have another daughter just you know, kind of leave, I was. I, it did something to me, and then yeah. um, uh, we she was set on going over there and. I remember when uh, her mom, her you know, I think all of us know uh, Sana. She's very, how do you say it? Uh, persistent. Persistent. She's going to listen to this podcast, so I'm gonna, I got to be careful with how I phrase things. But uh, she's very persistent, and she told uh, uh, Mia, she says, you know, can we go look at uh, another campus and just, you know, that's around here then maybe you never know. And we went and, uh, and uh, within about 10 minutes, I would say, right, um, of being there at Biola, we, uh, I mean, as a parent, as a dad, I, just something, it was like, like the Holy Spirit was just there, man. And, and you know, we're all Christians here. So we know when God's presence is just, there's those moments where it, it's so 100% assuring that this is the place i had yeah. that moment as a dad and you don't want to like you don't want to say it because i want her to she's an adult now i want her to start making decisions but inside of me i'm like this is the place this is the place you know like this is it you know and uh but i want to say it I, I want her to say it right and i remember we were in the in the health uh building at viola uh, Science building. The science building, and um, uh, well, everybody's walking around with robes. I, I, I don't know the difference. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, not robes, uh, coats, white coats. So <laughs> we're in this building, dude. <laughs> and, and 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 again, I'm like, you know, I got a lump in my throat. I know when I I know this is the Holy Spirit, but I'm not saying anything. And I remember Mia turning to us and she had watery eyes and she said, "Uh Oh, I think I'm in trouble. And we both looked at her and we were like, why? I already knew why. I'm like, I, I wanted to anticipate, you know, and go, I know exactly why. Right? But again, I, I let her say it. She's like, I think I like it here. I think I really <laughs> like it here. And so that was the experience that we had. It, it was really, really cool uh, to, you know, to, to see um, a, a big decision um, being made, uh, you know, this is an initial adult decision, and uh, she chose where she chose, and we were both, my wife and I were really, really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Talk to me, uh, Riley, about your first few days joining YWAM when you flew um, to Kona, Hawaii. I know that was hard. Uh, for me, if if we can, but from your perspective, what was what was your first experience with YOM like when you got there? Yeah, that's funny. I haven't, I haven't thought about this in a long time. The first few days, uh, yeah. back in twenty fifteen, and um, I remember I flew to California and met up um, with MJ, who is my best friend now, and I met her for the first time, and she is from Colorado also. And um, 
we just instantly clicked. And so we were on the flight together to Hawaii and um, meeting all these different people from all denominations. So that was very also immediately getting in conversations about like, oh, wow, no way. You grew up in this church or that church. And just for the first time being surrounded by so many cultures from different countries and also church, church backgrounds. And so everybody has their pride of like, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking, or this is what I believe in. No, like all the different hard conversations were happening. And um, somehow me and MJ started to lead like different conversations out and be like, well, let's just pray. <laughs> it was just very funny. Um, but all of us really not knowing what we were doing or any idea what we were talking about. And it was, very, very cool. Just, um, I remember the first few days after, I mean, day three, I felt God speak to me just so clearly and be like, Riley, this is what you're called for. Um, and I, I had always loved so many things my whole life. I think I had, I loved art. I loved sports. I loved math. I loved you know, all the different things to where if I went to college or if I did anything with my life, I, I would be like 80% in, in all of them, but not a hundred. I couldn't find the thing that I was like really called to do. And, um, that settled it in my heart was God was saying like, Riley, this is what I called you to do. And I just felt like I was home. I felt like I had found some part of me that he had put in there a long time ago. Um, and also my friends like going after Jesus together. It was a totally different culture just from, being in public high school where you can't talk about Jesus in a class. <laughs> um, and if you do, it gets super awkward. <laughs> but then having classes for the first time in my life focused around Jesus every day, all day, Holy Spirit, like everything. It was so cool. And I just remember being so thankful that I have wanted this my whole life. And it was just such a privilege to get to talk about God in everything that we're doing. So, buddy. And her nickname is Bunny, so I call her Bunny. But uh, <laughs> sorry, that came out, so we got to live with it now. Everybody knows. We all know that. But, uh, so for you, for you though, I know it came at, at a church camp. So that was one of the first times the Lord really got a hold of you. You want to talk about that a little bit, and then we'll come back to the other guys here. But I just wanted her to touch on those those yeah. initial moments when God sort of really grabbed a hold of her. So um, in 2009, I went to my first youth group and um, with my brother. And while we were there, the youth pastor was saying, oh, was showing a photo of this guy that had a bag over his head and a gun to his head. And it was during the time where it was really, we were hearing stories of people dying for their faith. And um, he said to us, basically, this is the only thing I remember. It was like, um, would you be willing to die for what you believe in? Is God really that real to you? And wow. I felt so much conviction that I loved God, but he wasn't my Lord. Like I wasn't living for him. And I personally made him my God that night. I was 12 years old and um, I was just like, he, I, I had fear the Lord, went home, repented to my mom and dad. <laughs> I don't remember that, but it was me and me and Dakota. We went and we repented about everything in our lives because we had a holy conviction of just like, we need to change. And my life totally did change. The next day, I lost all my friends. I lost a lot of things. Wow. Like, literally, all that's, of it was not That's pretty good evidence when you lose all your friends. <laughs> and I, but I said in my heart, it's worth it. And that summer, I went to my first church camp. I think I begged you guys to go because I wanted to go so bad. <laughs> like just let me go um and I I went and I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit for the first time and we we're in a worship moment where and that Holy was a Spirit, four square just so you know a four square camp Casey connection oh, wow. <laughs> um but third person of the Trinity literally just I I had felt in that day I got like really lordship saved but um I, I was in worship and all of a sudden um, I just start weeping under the power of the love of God. And I, um, is it still working? I think it paused. No, you're still good. It's still good? Okay. Sorry. It paused for me. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, and I, I just remember being on my face, just weeping and weeping and weeping. And his love just touched me. It was so amazing. And I, ever since that moment, I knew that he was physically with me also. And it was just one of the biggest moments for me in my life. 
And, you know, and I, I love hearing like young people, um, their experience with an authentic encounter with Christ, because there's, you know, uh, I, I didn't grow up in a, in a Christian household, um, but when I see like, uh, and, and I think uh, even with you, Joel, right, um, you had to kind of taste taste uh, some bitter water here and there in, in life, and yeah, yeah. Uh, seeing like hearing your 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 testimony right now. And, and um, the, you can feel the presence of God just as you're speaking. We can all relate and go, yeah, that, that, that happens. Like the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, really comes into, inside of you and just changes. He just, I mean, cleans house. And I think this is like, you know, for a 12-year-old to run yeah. back to her parents and going, you know, I repent. Like, <laughs> I, I could only see like you know Joel and your mom. Sure. Uh, yeah, what? Going, uh, what? <laughs> you know, that. But that the authenticity is that changed life. The, what happens after we say you know uh, we repent and, and then yeah. consistency thereof. I, I think for young people today, you know, yeah. that are out there and that think that well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to look not cool if I do this, if I go to a youth service, if I go to church, um, what are my friends going to say? Um, but to make that bold statement that, no, uh, Jesus is not just my Savior. He's also my Lord. And, and I got to yeah. do what, what he says for me to do. That so, is a statement that's incredible. That's awesome. So I want to know from Sam and, and Mia, now that you've been to Azusa and, and Biola, What's the next phase? What has God shown you about what's possible or what you would like to do? I mean, you're back home now for the virus, you know, quarantine, but, but how has the world opened up to you that way? It was, I think that right now it's a little unknown for me, to be quite honest. Um, I know for a fact that God has called me to ministry, um, through whatever path I take, um, whether that be going back to teaching elementary school or going back to, or just being a youth pastor in general. Um, I know that God's called me to ministry um, in whatever season of my life. So that for sure is known. Um, But I think as far as a set career, I do not know as of right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that I had a lot of struggle kind of like making it okay with myself. Um, Just, you know, kind of letting myself know like, that's okay. Like, that's okay that you don't really know what you're going to do. I think that sometimes there's this pressure that it's like, okay, well, yeah, you should probably know what you're going to do by your junior year of college. Um, I have really no idea, but I do know that wherever I'm going to go. Um, God's called me to minister to other people and to do his work and show his love. So that's where I'm kind of going right now. I'm excited about it. I get really pumped up and (laughs) just kind of like, yeah, like, all right, God, we're going to do this together. Yeah, this is life. And this is, this is definitely living. So I'm excited for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's all that I've learned as, as an adult, and Riley can tell you too, and your dad, he's a day-to-day God. I mean, he's working today. You can make plans for tomorrow, but you really have to enjoy him today while it's called today, you know, and and that's that's a huge statement though, Riley. Yeah. <laughs> I lost Casey. I don't know where he went, so I was going to flip it over to you. <laughs> Go for it. I just need to see the camera because... I think this is such a special moment that we're all having, uh, you know, uh, as dads, as, as a family. And, and we really don't get the opportunity to really talk like this, you know, uh, um, uh, and sharing the, 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 the stories are so similar, even though there are different backgrounds involved, the stories yeah. are very similar. And I think, and we all know it's because it's Christ. I mean, he is, yeah. The one that brings everything together it doesn't matter what culture, what background, what you know, what experience in life we've had. Christ is it, it just it, he just brings everything together, and I'm just I didn't want to lose this moment, so I wanted to press record on the thing. That's why I kind of like stepped away. But I don't I'm, 
This is amazing to me. I think I don't know why we waited this long, Joel, to 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 get this going like this. <laughs> because I'm enjoying this probably one of the best interviews that we've had, uh, you know, <laughs> since we've done these things. And we've had some really cool ones and we're waiting for other ones to come. But this is but this is a whole lot better than than um than any other interview that we've ever done. So it, you know, sorry about just stepping in. I just wanted to capture the moment is what I was trying to do. <laughs> That's okay. I, I think, uh, I think it was Mia's turn to talk a little bit uh, in terms of, you know, now that you've been at Biola for a little while, how has the world o- opened up to you? How has the Lord spoken to you since you've been there? Um, yeah. So um, when I first like chose Biola, I like, when you know my dad talked a little bit about it and then I finally moved in and I went to my classes and it was really amazing because a lot of the students are like their heart is God and it was crazy to see that because in every single one of my classes we would involve prayer and they would ask for like oh do you guys need any prayer and that's just amazing to see um And it like shocked me actually, because we would actually like, we would do mini devotionals right before class. Like the first 15 minutes of class, we would talk about this verse and how it impacted us. And then we would move on like learning keyboard or learning, you know, psychology, like just the regular classes. And um, seeing that got me really excited. And like, I knew the plan that I had, like I want, to be a worship pastor and I feel like God has called me to that but obviously it's like what he wants for me his desires are my desires so like um I have a set plan for me but it's like subject to change because I know life in ministry is crazy but like we grew up in it and I feel like it's been our life for so long and and I've seen like what God has done and like you can't just leave that And I think that, like, leading people to, like, the most vulnerable place of, like, worship is, like, crazy to me and also so amazing to be able to, like, be in a position to do that. Um, So that's, like, that's, like, my goal and that's where I want to go. And and you know what what was interesting, uh, you know, like Mia mentioned earlier, um, you know, we, we, for some crazy reason, we always watched, you know, ID and all these crime uh, documentaries and stuff. It's just my thing with her, right? Like we do that. And, and um, so I had, you know, some of you know that my best friend's uh, in law enforcement and he's pretty high up there. And uh, so he gave um, Mia a tour of uh, headquarters and uh, ballistics and online arts. And man, my heart was jumping. I was like, wow, this is like God's hand, bro. Like this is like, you know, he turned from, you know, like my past is like really checkered. And now my, one of my daughters is going to pursue, you know, law enforcement in some kind of way. And, and I, I thought, this is so cool. And, you know, and then she threw like a curveball, right? <laughs> and she's like, I think, I think I want to do ministry, music ministry and I went uh you know <laughs> and, and this is you know because a lot of people think that you know I'm like this guy that's full of faith and you know you read the book and you're like oh this guy is like short from walking on water it's not the case like I had that 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 moment as a dad went and fully knowing what God can do with anybody you know fully knowing that I still had this thing that when she she mentioned and even with my with with Sam, you know, when when they mentioned ministry, I went, uh, just logically, right? We all think it's not doesn't pay good at all, right? <laughs> but, but you're not going into this for that reason. But as a dad, as a parent, I, you know, I'm pretty sure that you probably kind of experienced the same thing uh, along the way with Riley. And uh, I don't know, uh, I won't speak for you, but. For me, uh, it was a, a scary moment. Like ministry, uh, you wanna you want me to show you my paychecks from ministry? Yes, I know. They're not. They're not. You know, <laughs> they're not very uh, wow. <laughs> but that's thinking logically, and and we tend to forget in 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 this little world that we live in 
that God is so much bigger than that. God is so much greater than some paycheck that his, like when he says store up riches, you know, for there, this is what it's talking about. That when you live for Christ down here and, and you just, you just go in one, like Riley said perfectly, I, I could have joined anything and went 80% on it, but that's just 80%. And she found her calling to go in 100% for Jesus. That, um, you're listening to this podcast and, and you're in that, you know, decision-making platform. No one pays better than Jesus, period. No one pays better than him. Uh, I don't care who you work for. He will make, man, I, I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a recipient of God's blessing. Um, and I don't, there's no way I would have gotten to where uh, I am right now, where we're going right now, had not been uh, by faith in Christ uh, and in Christ alone. It's no other way. So, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you have, if you're a parent out there and you're, uh, you're, you hear your kid going, I want to go into ministry, then we need to really back them up and trust God for what he's going to do in their lives and allow them to, to make those adult decisions and pursue, pursue the Lord. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. God will take care of our, our, our kids 100% for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly true. Riley, do you want to comment on how uh, YYMC's fundraising and your approach to that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can speak for all of YWAM, but <laughs> for most of us, um, I think uh, within that, it's it's been a process of understanding, first of all, the vision of why we're doing what we're doing. Are we actually called into ministry? Because if we're not, we shouldn't be here. Um, I think the biggest thing we actually talk about is the seven spheres of society and how if we're called into, like there's the spheres of society are things like government, economics, education, um, just there's about seven different spheres. They just labeled them. Um, and one of them is religion. And so if you're called into that sphere, go wholeheartedly. But if you're not, you need to get into the education sphere. You need to go work at this job. We need more doctors. We need nurses and all those things. And so the first thing is, are you called to this? If you are, then God will 100% provide for you. And we've seen testimony after testimony after testimony. YWAM has been around since the 60s, and there has not been any story that I know of um, of someone not being able to um, go on their outreach, not being paid for, for the reasons of finances. There might have been a heart issue they weren't willing to deal with, that they actually had to go home. But any area of finances, God always provided for them. And it, it's just crazy, miracle after miracle after miracle. And I remember um, when God first provided for me financially on my DTS. It, DTS stands for Discipleship Training School. It's the first school that you will do to enter into WOWM. It's six months long, three months of a lecture phase, and then three months of an outreach phase. So I was talking about being filled with who God is in your life and then giving that out to the nations. It's reflected in those six months. And for my outreach, I didn't have like any money at all. <laughs> and I just remember one day someone called me and was like, I'll cover your finances, um, but keep fundraising as much as you can. And I just wept. I was like, God is so real in the area of finances. This is nuts. Like ever since that moment, it, it, put something in my heart where it's like, I can trust God as my provider. He said that he is my provider. And if um, I'm called to do this, he will provide the way. So it's been keeping the vision and obeying the Lord. And um, yeah, all that. I mean, this, this has, has got to inspire my girls for sure. Cause they're at that place, you know, where, you know, uh, they've been at home and, and we've been able to take care of them and stuff. But I mean, what do you think? I mean, hearing Riley, and she's in South Africa right now, actually on, on a mission trip. And what do you think about that? Like, what does that do to you? Like, as far as giving you a perspective of, you know, you're, you're, you're chasing after ministry as your, you know, as your heart. What do you say about that? I mean, what does it do to you? 
Um, I definitely, so I actually heard of YWAM actually just like probably a couple months ago and one of my friends went to YWAM and she's, gosh, I, I look up to her a lot and she, I just like have this, I just found God has blessed me with this great group of friends that see God just like every day and they really help like point me to like, okay, what's your priority right now? Um, what are you going to do? Like, how is God, how are you loving people right now? What is God doing in your life right now? And I just like, I'm very inspired by just their stories of like who went to YWAM and they came back and now they're just on fire for Jesus. And it's very inspiring. It's very different. You don't see that every day. And that definitely inspired me to, I mean, I applied to, to be honest, I actually did apply to South Africa <laughs> to, um, for my spring semester. So just hearing that was very like, wow, that's awesome. Oh, <laughs> Dad, Dad, did you know? Dad, did you know? Uh, no, I think you started with mom. Oh, that's right. I'm not hurt at all. I told, I told mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I did, I did apply to, um, South Africa. So, I mean, I'm still like seeing like what's going on there, but I was very inspired by just the way that God uses people and coming out of that. And I mean, staying in there and coming out of it, wherever God's calling you to, but I just see like the change in people and just the, like the miracles that God has done. This girl talks to me about YWAM all the time. My friend, Olivia, she talks to me about YWAM all the time. And she's just saying, oh, you don't understand. Like I just saw miracle after miracle. And I saw God working in this place. And I saw God working in this place. And we'd go to this place and talk about Jesus. And there'd be divine appointments over here. And I'm just oh, like, yes. I want to do that. Like, I want to be a part of that. That's awesome. It's just like, wow, your whole life is, your whole life is like filled with Jesus. Like that's, what you're living for. And so I, I really am inspired by that. That's something that I definitely want to try out. And so hearing your, like, what is going on with your life, it's very, I'm like really interested. I'm like, wow, this is great. But I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Did she, where did she go in her outreach? She went to Hawaii. She went to Kona. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then for a year. She went for a year. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. I wonder if I knew her. Ryan, why don't you tell them a little bit about what you guys are doing and uh, your commitment to South Africa? Yes. So um, here in South Africa, I'm in a ministry within YWAM called Fire and Fragrance. It's um, basically um, we have, you know, there's so many verses in the Bible talking about the fire on the altar of, you know, like when we make sacrifices, it's, it's burned up and it brings a sweet aroma to the Lord. And that name came um, to my leaders in Amsterdam um, many years ago. And they were like, we need to be the burning ones that will go to the nations and bring a sweet fragrance to the Lord of worship. So we've been focused on worship and intercession um, as well as many other things. But we, um, as Fire and Fragrance, have different locations all over the world. And they wanted to start and pioneer a new location in South Africa. And so over the course of the last six months last year, um, <coughs> We, about 34 of us had prayed and heard the Lord ask us to move to South Africa. And we all gathered and we we're like, wow, this is crazy. This is a giant team and we're going to go. And what we're doing is we're all, we're helping what God is already doing in South Africa. God is moving a whole lot here in churches, local churches, um, the local townships, um, and lots of different ministries in this area and businesses. And we're just here because we heard God is here and he's moving and it's time to to push it forward even more. So we're just here to help and serve, um, as well as partner with local churches, partner with different ministries, helping out, and also starting our own discipleship training schools um, and running secondary schools, hopefully in the future. Um, but we created um, basically a new base for Fire and Fragrance to run in South Africa. And what does an average day look like for you on a normal day when you maybe do a little outreach? Yeah, so we've been on lockdown for three weeks now. <laughs> um, so I've been in the same building. We can't take walks here, actually. It's illegal. So um, we, 
we literally are locked in. Um, you can go to the grocery store if you need to. It's it's very good though. South Africa has cut it in the butt. Like they're really doing really well with it. Um, we're so proud of the president. <laughs> Just cut. yeah yeah. Anyway um and. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was so good, but um, before all of this, uh, we we have a lot of different worship times together as a team. Um, we have local prayer sets from five to seven p.m. The whole community can come. We started a prayer room, so we were working on building that from scratch. It was amazing, and we finished it right before the lockdown. So we had our first few prayer sets of people joining in there. Um, where we worship and pray for different topics together. But we have um, local outreaches in places called townships, um, and they're local communities that are, um, a lot of them are honestly in poverty. Um, and we go there, partner with local churches in those neighborhoods, and do a ton of Bible teachings, um, as well as go evangelize and bring people in. Um, yeah, and then lots of other things. Have you, uh, have you run any... In, in I'm sorry, have you run into any gang leaders? Yes, <laughs> we have. Um, and I was with a group of people um, about two months ago. And, and did they remind you of me? <laughs> no. <laughs> they did not. Um, so another, just to preface, the gangs in South Africa are really, really dangerous. Um, and they are one of the biggest areas of need um, like for the gospel. Um, and it, there's so much injustice that happens within the township communities um, because of gang violence and um, all the so much more. Um, so we were going around one day, me and a couple of different people, and uh, we walked up on this gang, like a few members of this gang, but there was a, the gang leader was right there. It's the middle of the day. There's tons of families outside. We're with translators and everything. And um, they start speaking just bitterness towards us. And they're like, we don't, like, we're not welcome in church. Like, what are you trying to do? You know, just all this stuff. Like, we want to live our own life, you know, all these things. And we end up going to, um, there are about five of them and a lot, a lot of us. And so we, we kind of split everybody up and we started to like really ask people about how, like what their hearts are like, do they love Jesus? You know, all the different conversations and, um, within it, the gang leader actually gives his life to the Lord and he get like, he gets filled with the Holy spirit in the, like within an hour transition and all those other guys that were there start to follow him. They will follow him wherever he goes. That's, they're like family. It, it's, it was nuts. And so we run these classes once a week within that community. Um, and so we started coming and we've separated guys and girls. And the guys on our team have said that he is the most faithful person to show up every week, bring his friends, and they are getting saved. And they're asking hard questions about, well, I've grown up this way. Why have I never known this? Or like, if God is this way, why does this happen? And we're like being able to disciple them and answer these questions that they never knew. And they're so hungry that they're asking for us to come back multiple times throughout the week so that the men on our team can keep discipling them. This is massive for that community because if the gangs get reached, the whole community transforms. The, like, the father heart of God can actually come into the community where there's so many absent fathers. So it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing that's happening. Um, we're praying for them because we can't see them during the time of lockdown, but yeah. um, we'll meet up with them after. So yeah. that, that is just like out of this world. I mean, <laughs> you know, that is just so incredible to hear that and so inspiring, you know, that here's a, a team of, of um, you know, young adults such as yourself. And yeah. you know, a, a lot of, you know, growing in, in that gang culture, you people, be, you know, and, and obviously the gangs put fear in the community. That's just the thing that we do. Uh, that's, you know, the role that we play and the game that, that's played. And so for those reasons, a lot of uh, the people that would like to help uh, kind of, you know, they're not so sure if they want to go in into a gang infested area uh, because of uh, either, you know, the retaliation or, you know, or somebody's going to be, um, you know, a knucklehead uh, or, you know, so many thoughts, right? Yeah. But in reality, I, um, 
And speaking from, you know, from a background like that, you know, when, when now, I, 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 when I see churches that brave themselves into going into these type of neighborhoods, you would be surprised when, when you see the hand of God, the power of God, uh, change the hearts of, you know, gang leaders. And usually that's what he does. And, and, and I see it all the time. I think we all see it, right? It's like, yeah. that takes the one impossible individual, the one that everybody has thrown away, and he puts his Holy Spirit in that guy or in that young lady or in that lady, and boom, they were always meant to lead. It's just that they didn't, they didn't get mentored in the type of leadership that they were supposed to lead in the begin, to begin with. Yeah. And now, you know, the gospel, the gospel just changes everything and messes up everything in a good way, right? And, and, and then that person that everybody thought there's no way that they'll come to Christ, that's the guy or that's the lady that ends up bringing the most people and, and being just, you know, a soldier of Christ everywhere they go. Uh, and you can't stop them from talking. It's just like it's, it's fire shut up in their bones. And they can't, but, you know, witness. They just, they have to. And so that's, what an incredible, Sam, you're going to South Africa. Um, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's incredible. What an, um, what an amazing story. Wow. That's, that's so cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Sam and Mia, what do you think? <laughs> Wait, what? what? What do you think about this, uh, like what she just shared? I think that's amazing. I think that's crazy how like God can actually change the hearts of like these people who are like have so much power and like authority over like all these people and how they were so loyal to him. That's, mm -hmm. I don't know, that's crazy. And yeah. I don't know. God shocks me all the time. I don't know. <laughs> and I think like he, it's just crazy to see like the miracles that he's done in people's lives. And I think it's all about just kind of, you know, I, I love how you kind of go out and you just love on other people and you tell them the truth. Like, Hey, God is for you. Like God is like, God is your source of love. Like this is like, um, it doesn't really matter like what you're doing right now. Like you can stop whatever you're doing and just, you know, like turn your life around no matter how deep into something you are, no matter like high, how high in ranking you are, like there's, it's never too late to kind of just like turn around and be like, okay, never mind. God is my life now. And it's just kind of, it's so evident in how the Holy Spirit moves in those kind of situations. It's, it's crazy to see. And every time I hear like one of those stories, I'm still shocked. I don't know why, but I'm still shocked because it's like, yeah, wait, God does do that all the time. And he, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's not normal, but it is at the same time. It's like, okay, yeah, God does miracles all the time. The Holy Spirit moves and things happen and it's crazy. Joel, what, what does that do to you, man? I mean, this is your little girl, dude. Like this is your daughter, bro. And she's like, yeah, I, I have a rule, you know, I don't, I don't want to know when you're going in. I just want to know when you get out. Uh, and it used to be she would, she likes to surf too. She goes surfing. So she's taught herself with friends how to surf in Hawaii and also in Cape Town, South Africa. And, and I heard about all the sharks, you know, that gather in Cape Town. I'm like, golly, please don't tell me, you know. So Riley is always up for an adventure. She's our adventurous one. And uh, it, whether it's a physical adventure, she'll jump off a cliff, if you will. And <laughs> whether she has a rope tied to herself or not. But, uh, you know, I just admire, honestly, what she's doing, what all of these kids in this YWAM are doing. I could not have done, maybe I could have, I don't know. But I, I just wasn't thinking the same way that they're thinking. And that's why I'm I'm so impressed with you know, young kids, and even with what her brother Dakota is doing and joining the Navy, that's so, so hard, you know, to sign up for something so difficult and yet see it, have it be so satisfying. Um, you know, Casey, I was with you this last summer when I told you she was contemplating going and she was praying about it. And I was all upset because, you know, she was going to leave for so long, for so far away. And, 
Um, but I knew that God would provide. He showed me, you know, Genesis 22 and Abraham and that God is our provider. Uh, and it's really, it's really come true. You know, uh, she's only got a couple minutes here, so we need to sign off here pretty quick. But the fruit is there, man. They've seen like, Riley, just talk briefly as we let you go. And if it cuts off, you can just go. But they've seen like 900 salvations since she's been there. Wow. Yeah. It's been so amazing. Um, yeah, sorry, my computer is literally going to die. <laughs> uh, sorry. But um, yeah, we, I, it's been amazing. I think in the first two and a half, three months, we saw over 900 salvations. We had three different teams from Kona, Hawaii come and join us um, on outreaches. And it was honestly just daily obedience, hearing the word of the Lord to go and um, go to the mall one day or go to the townships one day, or go to the university and evangelize, whatever it was. It was just simple obedience um, through prayer. And so we really, really do everything out of a place of prayer and it just changes everything. So yeah, we, we have a word of the Lord. The reason we built the prayer room first out of everything was if you build the altar, they will come. That's what God said to us. So, and it's so true. It's, it's so true. Everything is birthed out of a place of prayer. So that's what we've learned and it's been so amazing and God is just on the move and we're so amazed every day. It's, it's amazing. So, so Riley, if someone's, if someone's listening, where can they find you? Where can they find you online? Yes. Um, we have um, a website and it is ff.southafrica.org uh, or .com. I think it's .com. <laughs> um, but we are also on Instagram at ff.southafrica. So you can join us there or you can go and look at YWAM Kona, um, different locations all over the world. You don't have to come to South Africa, but um, it is an amazing place. Come do a discipleship training school. Uh, get your life changed by the Lord. It'd be amazing. So, yeah. Thank okay. you, guys. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us, right? Yes. So blessed by you guys. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's incredible, man. I mean, that that uh, is uh, out of this world. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, one of the things that one of the words that keep like ringing in my my mind is, you know, you're you're literally living in miracles, almost on a daily basis over there. You know. Yeah. I mean, just witnessing, you know, I think here in America, we, we, and hopefully this quarantine has changed the mode of the church. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the individual. I'm hoping that, you know, when we come out of this quarantine, that we come out like that, like, like Riley, where you're expecting God to move on a daily basis. I think we, we get so relaxed here in America that you know uh, we have everything everything is you know it's the land of the free man we, we we could go and be about our business and you know we'll show up at church on sunday and you know we'll invite somebody over for dinner but that's almost like our christianity and it's not really based on man let's pursue jesus and and then where jesus is just showing up and miracles are continually taking place yeah. In the lives of, of others. Uh, I, I think hopefully this kind of snaps us into reality that as a church, we need to really be the church, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that word miracle kept really ringing in my ear um, yeah. throughout listening to her, to, to her um, testimony there. Yeah. And same with Sam and Mia, you know, you guys are walking with him. And he's, he's doing amazing things with you and will continue to um, as you continue to walk with him. So, and you know, with, with my girls, it, they've had it. It's, it's been a different upbringing, I think. Um, you know, they, they've been raised by two parents that have checkered past. Um, <laughs> that is like, you know, you know, we, we, we I think Sana and I, my wife and I, um, try to just be real, you know, uh, uh, around the house, maybe a little bit too real, uh, but, um, um, you know, no. to, to, to see them still, uh, wanting to pursue God in their lives. Yeah. 
is pretty amazing in and of itself. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, what are the chances of you being raised by two um, people like that and still wanting uh, to do something with God and, 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 and um, it, it's, we're, we're super blessed. I think as dads, we're super blessed to have uh, the kids that we do have, you know, um, uh, and, and seeing them live a life that, that, that loves Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Sam, Mia, thanks for joining us today. Any, uh, any parting thoughts? Um, are you looking forward to going back to school? Yes. 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 Yeah. I love school. <laughs> That's a pretty quick answer. Uh, <laughs> love family too. Love family too. <laughs> it's just, you know, when worlds collide. <laughs> There's only so many recipes that you could do with chicken. It's, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys, and, and making some time. This was really great. We'll have to do it again sometime. Catch up later down the road. And, and coming and, and, and moving forward a little bit, um, we're going to have your son. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be cool. I hope so. Yeah. As soon as uh, he is back on land, he's with the Navy out in the ocean at the moment. But, yeah, probably in a few months from now. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to have him on, maybe some other military, you know, personnel too. Yeah. So, and Jacob, thank you for joining the girls over here. Yeah. You know, you were the silent, uh, uh, you know, uh, guy right there. But um, you know, my son's been on the call, and uh, <laughs> he just wanted to partake and see what his older sisters were up to. And uh, thank you, Jacob, for being here. Um, but, but it's so good. Thank you, guys, all of you guys for for being a part of, of this podcast and um, every, yeah, I think this is probably one of the funnest, one of the most uh, incredible uh, um, podcasts we've had uh, since, yeah. since we started yeah. uh, Good one. to have uh, our kids on there for sure. Thank you guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks guys. See ya. See ya. You are listening to the Shot Caller podcast with Casey Diaz and Joel Needler. You can find us online at uh, Casey Diaz Author on Facebook, uh, The Shot Caller Book on Instagram, and on Twitter at The Shot Caller BK. That's at The Shot Caller BK. You can also find us at CaseyDiaz.net and send an email to info at CaseyDiaz.net. That's info at CaseyDiaz.net.